Iran attacks two U.S. bases in Iraq. Live updates. Here are the latest developments. Two American bases are attacked in Iraq. Iran fired more than a dozen ballistic missiles at two military bases in Iraq where American troops are based, the Pentagon said Tuesday. It is clear that these missiles were launched from Iran and targeted at least two Iraqi military bases hosting U.S. military and coalition personnel at Al Assad and Erbil, Jonathan Hoffman, the Pentagon's chief spokesman, said in a statement. Iranian officials said the attacks were the start of a promised retaliation for the killing of a top Revolutionary Guards commander. The fierce revenge by the Revolutionary Guards has begun. Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps said in a statement on a Telegram channel. Iranian news media reported the attacks hours after the remains of the commander, Maj. General Qasim Soleimani, were returned to his hometown in Iran for burial. Hossein Soleimani, the editor in chief of Mashreg, the main Revolutionary Guards news website, said that more than 30 ballistic missiles had been fired at the American base at Assad, in Anbar province, in western Iraq. An American base in Erbil, in northern Iraq, was also attacked. The initial American report did not say whether there were any casualties or major damage at either base. We are working on initial battle damage assessments, the Pentagon statement said. Iranian officials said the attacks began at 1 20 a.m., the time that General Soleimani was killed by an American drone at the Baghdad airport on Friday. The White House said in a statement that it was aware of attacks on American facilities in Iraq. The president has been briefed and is monitoring the situation closely and consulting with his national security team, the statement said. President Trump visited American military forces at Al Assad in December 2018, making his first trip to troops stationed in a combat zone. The strike at Assad came less than two hours after reports circulated that rockets had been fired on Taji Air Base, an Iraqi military base where American troops are deployed. Officials said the reports of an attack there appeared to be false. He was clearly on the battlefield. Defense Secretary Mark T. Esper said Tuesday that General Soleimani had been planning attacks to occur within days, laying out the administration's legal justification for killing the Iranian commander in a drone strike. Americans' officials have been pressed over their claims that they targeted General Soleimani to forestall imminent attacks against U.S. interests. At a Pentagon news conference Tuesday, Mr. Esper was asked whether attacks had been expected in days or weeks. I think it's more fair to say days, the defense secretary said. He declined to offer more details, nor to describe the intelligence underpinning that assessment. Mr. Esper said General Soleimani, who was killed Friday in Iraq, was in Baghdad to coordinate additional attacks. He's been conducting terrorist activities against us and our coalition partners for over 20 years, Mr. Esper said. He has the blood of hundreds of Americans, soldiers, on his hands and wounded thousands more. And then we could talk about all of the mayhem he's caused against the Syrian people, the people of Lebanon. Even his own people in Iran. He added, to somehow suggest that he wasn't a legitimate target, I think, is fanciful. He was clearly on the battlefield. Mr. Esper also said that despite an unsigned draft letter from the American military command in Baghdad on troop withdrawal and a unanimous vote by the Iraqi parliament, the United States does not plan to pull its troops out of Iraq right now. 
The Pentagon has made preparations in anticipation of Iranian retaliation, Mr. Esper said, and American troops in the Middle East are on a heightened state of alert. I think we should expect that they will retaliate in some way, shape, or form. Mr. Esper told a news conference at the Pentagon. We're prepared for any contingency and then we'll respond appropriately to whatever they do. President Trump walked back his threat to strike Iranian cultural targets. President Trump on Tuesday told reporters he would avoid targeting cultural sites in military attacks, walking back a threat he made against Iran days earlier. Following a bipartisan and international uproar, Mr. Trump conceded that striking such sites would amount to a war crime. If that's what the law is, I like to obey the law, he said in the Oval Office as he hosted the visiting Prime Minister of Greece, Kyriakos Mitsotakis. His remarks to reporters came a day after Mark T. Esper, the Secretary of Defense, said striking Iranian cultural sites with no military value would be a war crime. That appeared to put him at odds with his boss. We will follow the laws of armed conflict, the defense secretary said at a news briefing at the Pentagon on Monday when asked if cultural sites would be targeted. On Saturday, Mr. Trump declared that the United States had identified 52 potential targets in Iran, some important to Iran and the Iranian culture. None of them qualified as cultural sites, according to an administration official who asked not to be identified. But the president's threats and his initial refusal to back down in the face of criticism generated condemnation at home and abroad while deeply discomfiting American military leaders. Some NATO troops are leaving Iraq. NATO is removing some of the trainers who have been working with Iraqi soldiers battling the Islamic State in the wake of the American killing of Maj. General Qasim Soleimani. On Monday, the NATO Secretary General, Jens Stoltenberg, announced that training had been temporarily suspended. Describing security of NATO personnel, the organization said in a statement that it would be taking precautions, including the temporary repositioning of some personnel to different locations both inside and outside Iraq. NATO maintains a presence in Iraq and remains committed to fighting international terrorism, an official said, but refused to provide operational details about troop movements. NATO has had roughly 500 soldiers doing the training. Some NATO countries, like Canada, Germany, and Croatia, have announced that they are moving troops out of Iraq altogether, at least temporarily, because of security concerns. Canada is temporarily moving to Kuwait some of its 500 military personnel based in Iraq, the country's top military official, General Jonathan Vance, said in a letter posted on Twitter on Tuesday. 30 of the 120 German soldiers in Iraq will be sent to Jordan and Kuwait, while others will remain positioned in the less volatile Kurdistan region, the German Defense and Foreign Ministries said in a joint letter to the German parliament, the Bundestag. When the training is able to resume, the military personnel can be reinstated, the letter said. Croatia has also moved its small contingent of soldiers, 14, from Iraq, with seven bound for Kuwait and the rest headed home, the Croatian Defense Ministry said. Slovakia has also removed its seven soldiers. Some NATO troops began leaving Baghdad's Green Zone in helicopters Monday night. The NATO training mission began in 2018 at Iraq's request. Oil prices have risen only modestly since the U.S. attack. The killing of General Soleimani initially jolted oil markets, but the surge in prices has eased. 
On Tuesday afternoon, the Brent crude oil benchmark was down about 1.5% to about $67.87 a barrel. Analysts attribute the modesty of the increase to market skepticism that Iran will seek to hobble oil trading by, for example, closing the Strait of Hormuz, the narrow channel that many oil tankers have to pass through when they leave the Persian Gulf. Oil flows have not been disrupted, so far, and the markets are pricing in just a low probability of something happening, said Bjorner Tonhaugen, head of oil market research at Rystad Energy, a research firm. Deadly stampede at funeral in Suleimani's hometown. Iranian state-run news outlets reported a deadly stampede during the funeral procession for General Suleimani in his hometown, Kerman, in southeastern Iran, on Tuesday. Millions were reported to have flooded the town streets to witness the procession for the general, who was killed in an American drone strike in Baghdad last week. His death has fanned smoldering tensions between the United States and Iran, and fueled fears of a broader conflict. The crowding and subsequent stampede in Kerman led to General Soleimani's burial being postponed, state news media reported. It is still unclear when he will be buried. Photographs of the procession showed an elaborately decorated truck carrying General Soleimani's coffin through streets packed densely with mourners, many wearing black and carrying pictures of the dead commander. Unfortunately, as a result of a stampede, some of our compatriots have been injured and some have been killed during the funeral processions, Perhasein Kolivand, head of the Iranian Emergency Medical Services, told the news agency IRIB. 56 people died and 213 were injured, the broadcaster IRIB reported on its website. Images and videos posted on social media showed the aftermath of the crush, with emergency workers and bystanders attempting to resuscitate people lying on the ground. The lifeless bodies of other victims, jackets covering their faces, could be seen nearby. The general's body had been flown to Kerman after a funeral in Tehran on Monday that had brought even bigger crowds into the streets of the Iranian capital. Iran issued new threats before the funeral procession. In a fiery speech made in General Soleimani's hometown on Tuesday, the leader of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps vowed to set ablaze places where Americans and their allies live. We will take revenge, a revenge that will be tough, strong, decisive and finishing and will make them regret, the Corps' leader, Hossein Salami, said on Tuesday in a front of a crowd of mourners. We will set ablaze the place they like, and they know where it is. Today, the seeds of hatred for the U.S. have been sown in the hearts of Muslims, he added, according to Faz, an Iranian news agency associated with the Revolutionary Guards. The pledge to seek vengeance echoed the rhetoric of many of the country's leaders since General Soleimani's killing on Friday. Death to Israel, the crowd chanted back, according to news reports. Israel, a close ally of the United States, has long been an enemy of Iran. Thousands of mourners, dressed in black and carrying photos of General Soleimani, crowded the central square of Kerman, where the general's body was taken for burial after a funeral procession on Monday in Tehran, the capital. Before arriving in Kerman, the general's remains were taken to the holy city of Qam, where thousands of residents came out, hoping for a chance to touch the coffin of a man the state has declared a martyr. On Monday, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei wept and offered prayers over General Soleimani's coffin at the enormous state funeral. The Ayatollah, Iran's supreme leader, had a close relationship with the general, who was widely considered to be the country's second most powerful man. 
General Suleimani's successor swore revenge during Monday's ceremony. God the Almighty has promised to get his revenge, and God is the main avenger, said Esmail Ghani, the Iranian general who will succeed General Suleimani as head of the Quds Force, the foreign expeditionary arm of the Revolutionary Guards. Certainly, actions will be taken, he added. As the world focused on Iran, Putin took a bow in Syria. With the American role in the Middle East in flux, President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia flew to Damascus, Syria, on Tuesday for a victory lap of sorts. Highlighting Russia's newfound influence in the region, Mr. Putin met with President Bashar al-Assad of Syria, the strongman whose rule was largely rescued by Russian military intervention in Syria's civil war. Mr. Putin told Mr. al-Assad that one can now confidently state that huge strides have been made in restoring Syrian statehood and the territorial integrity of the country, a Kremlin statement said. The Kremlin made no mention of Iran in its description of Mr. Putin's visit, which had not been announced ahead of time. But Tehran was a crucial partner of Moscow in propping up Mr. al-Assad against Syrian rebels, including those backed by the United States. Russia has called the killing of Maj. General Qasim Soleimani of Iran illegal and expressed condolences to Tehran. On Wednesday, Mr. Putin is scheduled to meet with President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey in Istanbul, with Syria and Libya on the agenda, according to the Kremlin. France's president urged calm in a call with his Iranian counterpart. President Emmanuel Macron of France spoke with the president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani, by phone on Tuesday afternoon to plead for calm and de-escalation. Mr. Macron called on Iran to refrain from any step that might aggravate the escalation already underway, according to a statement from the Elysee Palace, the seat of the French presidency. France has tried to play the role of mediator between the Iranians and Americans for months, but in vain. The French president also called on Iran to respect the 2015 nuclear accord, and to release two French academics, Faraba Adelkha and Roland Marshall, who are being held there, a major source of tension between the two countries. Iran's foreign minister says he was denied visa for UN. Mohammad Javad Zarif, the Iranian foreign minister, said on Tuesday that he had been rejected for a visa to attend a Security Council meeting at the United Nations headquarters in New York, confirming reports from American news outlets that he would be barred. Mr. Zarif, in an interview with the Iranian news outlet Press TV, said that his office had requested a visa weeks ago to participate in the meeting on Thursday, rejecting claims by American officials that they had not had time to process the application. The Americans are trying to create the impression that our request to attend the meeting was put forth following the assassination of General Soleimani, Mr. Zarif said, according to the news outlet, adding, the question everyone needs to be asking this lawbreaking administration is, what are they so scared of? Mr. Zarif later posted on Twitter about the situation, taking aim at Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and President Trump. During a Tuesday morning news conference, Mr. Pompeo was asked about the visa but said he would not comment specifically on visa matters. He added that the United States would comply with our obligations under United Nations rules. Robert C. O'Brien, the American National Security Advisor, was asked on Fox and Friends on Tuesday morning about the visa. I don't think Secretary Pompeo thought that this was the right time for Mr. Zarif to come to the United States, and whenever he comes to New York, he spreads propaganda. Mr. O'Brien said.
In August, the United States announced sanctions on Mr. Zarif, a seasoned diplomat who helped negotiate the 2015 nuclear deal. Embassies warned Americans abroad of potential attacks. Across the Middle East and the world, United States embassies warned Americans of potential attacks from Iran, as Iranian generals vowed to avenge the senior commander killed in an American drone strike. In Jerusalem, the embassy told Americans on Monday to watch out for mortars and rocket fire. A day earlier, the United States mission in Saudi Arabia had warned citizens to be prepared for missile and drone attacks. The security alerts followed the targeted killing on Friday of Maj. General Qasim Soleimani, the leading figure in Iran's foreign facing intelligence and military operations. At General Soleimani's funeral in Tehran on Monday, military commanders promised vengeance. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, told advisers that any retaliation against the United States should be direct, proportional, and carried out openly by Iran. That is a startling departure for the Iranian leadership, which has typically cloaked its attacks behind the actions of proxies it has cultivated around the region. But in the fury generated by the killing of General Soleimani, a close ally and personal friend of the Supreme Leader, the Ayatollah was apparently willing to cast aside those traditional cautions. Warnings to United States citizens were sent by American diplomats not only in the Middle East but also in Asia. The American embassy in Beijing, citing heightened tension in the Middle East, advised American citizens on Tuesday to keep a low profile, be aware of their surroundings, stay alert in tourist locations, review personal security plans, and ensure that their travel documents were updated and accessible. American citizens in South Korea said they had received similar warnings. American diplomats in the Middle East began sending advisories earlier in the week. American embassies across the region have been on heightened alert since December 31, when militants, backed by the Iranian government, stormed the embassy in Baghdad. President Trump said the assault was organized by General Soleimani. Last week, embassies in Baghdad and in Beirut, Lebanon, issued security alerts. Some airlines have halted flights to the Iraqi capital, including Egyptair, which on Tuesday announced that its flights in and out of the city would stop from Wednesday through Friday. Iran's parliament labeled the Pentagon's leadership terrorists. The Iranian parliament on Tuesday passed a bill declaring the American military's top leadership to be terrorists, subject to Iranian sanctions, according to news reports in state media. The bill aimed at the Pentagon's top brass mirrored a Trump administration policy implemented in April that imposed economic and travel sanctions on the Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps as well as organizations, companies, and individuals with ties to it. That policy represented the first time an arm of a sovereign government had been designated a terrorist organization. The Defense Department said the killing of General Soleimani was justified in part because of the Corps' terrorist designation. General Soleimani led the Quds Force, a unit of the Revolutionary Guards that conducted intelligence gathering and attacks outside Iran's borders. The Defense Department mistakenly released a letter authorizing troop withdrawal from Iraq. An official letter from the Defense Department informing Iraq that American troops were repositioning forces for movement out of Iraq produced headlines around the world saying that an American withdrawal had begun. But the letter, drafted by the United States Military Command in Baghdad, was sent out by mistake. 
The furor it caused prompted Defense Secretary Mark T. Esper and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark A. Milley, to call an urgent news conference to deny the reports. It was an honest mistake. General Milley told reporters at the Pentagon. That letter is a draft, it was a mistake, it was unsigned, it should not have been released. Reporting was contributed by Megan Spezia, Russell Goldman, Farnaz Fasihi, David D. Kirkpatrick, Melissa Eddy, Edward Wong, Laura Jakes, Peter Baker, Maggie Haberman, Alyssa J. Rubin, Ben Hubbard, Mark Lendler, Helena Cooper, Thomas Gibbons Neff, Adam Nossiter, and Anton Troyanovsky.